Thank you, Pastor Josh and the team for leading us to worship the Lord, to express uh, uh, those, um, the things that are in our hearts. A heart of worship is a heart captivated by the beauty of Christ. May we always be captivated by the beauty of the Savior. I guess I'm, I hope you are safe if I took off my mask. And uh, I guess I am distant uh, enough, uh, enough from you. And uh, for government instruction. Why don't we open our Bibles now to the book of Matthew 5, chapter 5, uh, 14 to 16. Matthew chapter 5, 14 to 16. It says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on, a, on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. May God bless their reading of His Word. It's uh, really good to see you, but this time, everybody is on mask. Now, in our, in our country, I belong to uh, a culture where a region, somewhere in the region, is the culture is that you don't look at the eyes. And if you look at the eyes, then they are easily offended. In fact, one, I know one was murdered because he was looking at the eyes. You know what the eyes, the eyes can communicate many things. And uh, so that you won't be surprised that sometimes if, if I don't look at your eye, then that, that's it. That's a story. And uh, that's about our culture. I'm learning the Canadian way. You must look at the eye or they will be offended. And uh, I want to thank, uh, I want to thank Pastor Bill again for uh, trusting me the pulpit uh, this morning. Actually, I, I volunteered to speak because I'm always excited to be here. You know, what makes me excited to be in your church is that is the big, op, big open arms at your door. Do you see it? I, I see it. Now, I, that's how I look at Eastgate Alliance Church. You are very embracing, and I want to thank the Lord for you. And I praise the Lord for that. And uh, even if even if it's only the eyes that I see, uh, I can I can see who are the Filipinos, who are the Chinese, who are yeah. And we have even our eyes have different looks, you know. Now one of the many things uh, I said to my wife, I'm gonna I can preach without masks. One of the many things that my wife doesn't like in my feature is my eyebrows. So, uh, you know, when you, when you wear your, your, your mask, the people will always so look at you and think, uh, you are angry, you have an angry eyebrows. Uh, I don't know. And until now, it's a, it's a discussion. Uh, my, my parents gave me this, so I can't blame anybody. And uh, uh, why don't we pray? 
<laughs> we should open God's word. Father, we thank you, oh God, for you are amazing. Every day is a, if it's a grace from you. And we are so thankful for the way you have carried us through. And Lord, you have, you have covered us under your wings and protected your people. And Father, we are here to worship you, to magnify you. Even as we look at your word, we pray that you will just speak to each of our hearts. This morning, in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. You know, COVID-19 pandemic uh, is described in a number of ways. You know, we see it's an extraordinary times and it's challenging times. These are uncertain, uncertain times. And these are just uh, dark times for many of us. Fears and all worries are everyday battle, everyday battle in our lives during, uh, especially during this time. And in fact, we must navigate how to uh, navigate the situation, how to keep ourselves healthy, how to protect our family, how to keep on providing for our family and those whom we love. And even in the ministers of the church, we have to think, how does the ministry look like in times like this? How does the church look like in times like this? And our character has been tested by this situation. You know, fears and worries are everyday, are everyday battle, and we are afraid, and many of us are afraid. As COVID-19 brings us to a new normal, and darkness looms around us, we ask ourselves, what does it mean to be a light of the world? What does it mean to be a light of the world? Our light shines around us. And that is why I believe that each one of us, God has placed each one of us in us in a sphere of influence to be blessing to others. We are surrounded with people that trickled from our family towards our friends, and we have our office mates, our classmates, and uh, and our our, our friends uh, in sports, and maybe uh, business partners, workmates, and acquaintances, social media friends, and maybe fans, because uh, some of us may be very popular in school or in your place or or in your workplace. Why do we care to look at the people surrounding us? Because it is where our light is shining as witnesses for Christ. You and I are witnesses for Jesus within our circle of influence. And many of our friends may not be able to listen to a preacher like us, but they understand and they see what a, what a Christian is by watching your life. And have you look at the people surrounding you? And do you brighten the circle where God has placed you? I remember the old, the very old hymn when I was young. The people really loved to brighten the corner where you are. Who are those ripe for the gospel among our family and, and our friends? Do we take time to gently bring them to the core of our influence, who is our Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ? 
Now, when you look at this verse before this, Jesus reminded us to be salt of the earth. We ought to be salty, to be useful. We can season others' lives by the words that we say, by our actions, by encouraging others, and be there for those for those who are in need. You know, assault preserves a society, and that's what churches and missions are doing. And part of it, of what the missions are doing, even in our country, building schools, building hospitals, and it really, until now, we are benefiting from, from it. And when I, when I came to this land, I see Salvation Army, that, that, that these are the things that are re, re, read in, in, the, in magazines, you know, the, the mission strip store, because we want to be salt of the earth. We want to preserve the society. And in the next verse, Jesus says that we are lights of the world, which is our, our uh, scripture passage right now. We ought to shine bright that others may see. The light shines the brightest when it is dark. Is it not true? And even in these dark times, our light can break in the darkness of someone's life, lives of our family, the lives of our friends, the lives of our neighbors, and even our community. As light of the world, we shine wherever God has placed us for His glory. And this is the gist of the message of this morning. And I'm going to repeat, a light of the world, as light of the world, we shine wherever God has placed us for His glory. And we keep our Bibles open to that verse, again, of Matthew 5, 13, 16. And I would like to remind you that this is part of the Sermon of the Mount. This is part of the Sermon of Jesus, a very small portion of the Sermon of Jesus Christ. And here, if we look at this, we can, we can extract some truths because if we shine for God's glory, we must have to, to have the light of Jesus shine in us and through us. Now, Jesus' light shines in us and through us. One thing that we must remember is that we must first remember that Jesus is light. He says, I am the light of the world, and the only way become, to become light is through the great light, who is Jesus Christ. It is He who pulled us out of darkness into His marvelous light. 1 Peter 2.9. Amen? And I understand that you, we have service, you have service of messages of that. Our being light is likeness. It is the likeness of the one who is the great light. In fact, it is His light that shines in us and through us. Is there too much darkness in your life? When you let Jesus into your life, He conquers the darkness inside. You know, darkness casts a shadow of despair, a shadow of loneliness, even hopelessness, and sin that's what that's what darkness uh, what darkness can do 
And sometimes we hide in darkness. Of course, nobody hides in the light. But when we open a door, the door of our lives for the Lord, we let that torrent of light shining, shining through all compartments of who we are, including the secret places in our minds, our motives, and our actions. You know, and many people do not like that. We want to keep the secrets. But these are, these are compartments that we need to open if we surrender our lives to the Lord. Inward change from darkness to light happens when we let Jesus in. Now, to let our light shine is a mandate of all followers of Jesus Christ. It is a command. And just like the Great Commission, the people see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. This tells us that our actions will bring people to Christ. The good works bring people to Christ. And it, it will bring our friends, our colleagues to glorify God. Your life is a worship to God. Have, you been, have we been thinking about it? You are a living sacrifice. We gather on Sundays for corporate worship. But we must remind ourselves that whatever we do during weekdays are a sacrifice that glorify the Father. What kind of sacrifice, the, the sacrifice that we do to glorify the Father during weekdays? And that is a very good question, a question for each one, each one of us. When the days are dark and gloomy, let the light of Christ shine, shine in us and through us. When our family are lost in the dark, let the light of, light of Christ shine in your family that everyone may know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. You know, he brightens our lives. God works in our lives that we may become like Jesus Christ. Now, as we brightens our uh, brightens our lives, uh, as He brightens our lives, He shines His light in us and through us. Now, there's a young boy brought uh, to a tour by by his mother, and part of the tour included visits to the old cathedrals in Europe, and he was impressed by you know the stained glass windows with with portrait of the disciples and the portraits of, of the saints. And upon returning home, he was asked by his Sunday, by his Sunday school teacher what he liked the most uh, during the tour. And he said, I love the stained glass windows with the images of the saints. And the teacher asked him, and what, what is a saint? And the boy said, a saint is a person the light shines through. The New Testament calls the believers, believers in Jesus as saints. You are part, you are part of the community who believe in Jesus. The New Testament calls you a saint. When you look at the person next to you, that is a saint. She is a saint. Uh, he is a saint. Do you like it? We Filipinos do not like it for some reason. 
because we always think that saints are dead people. <laughs> but it is not the New Testament understanding of a saint. Jesus' light shines in and through us. And secondly, the second truth is that we let our light shine for God's glory when we show the light so that others can see. Verse 14 says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Verse 14 says, You are the light of the world. Whom is Jesus referring to? He's referring to you, 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 me. I am preaching right now before the lights of the world. Is it not amazing? Because the church is a gathering of lights. When the church gathers, it must light the glory of God. Can we say amen to that? Verse 14 says, A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Other translations use the word city. The scripture describes a town or a city on a hill. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, especially at night, because of the lights. But we wonder if the lights are out, if the lights are hidden under, under a bowl. Then, if there is no light, where is that city? Many people may be lost. Where's the city? Where's the light? We cannot imagine the utter darkness. A church is a gathering of lights that brightens a community. It brightens the community around us, and the community is not only around us, and the community is the city. The community is the world when we, when we look at the Great Commission. There's a man named William Temple who said, The church is the only organization on earth that exists for those who are not its members. Eastgate Alliance Church exists for those who are not in Christ to give light to the people around the city, around the community. Is this how I look at my church? Is this how you look at your church? May we shine like city on a hill. You know, in gathering like this, we enjoy the brightness of the glory of God. And we help a light that is flickering, that's snuffing out. And I always see it happen here, you embrace the broken, you embrace the hurting. You know, when we spread to the city, we gather to strengthen each other's lights, but when we spread to the city, we spread as lights to our homes, to apartments, to our apartments, to our workplaces, light to the shopping mall, light to the playground. Oh, 
I thought it's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's okay, I'm, I'm talking, okay? Is it okay to continue? All right. <laughs> okay. We bring lights, uh, the lights to construction sites, lights to the universities, lights to the hospital, lights to the gov- government buildings. And this time, uh, maybe most, most that we can do is do it virtually, you know. We are lights with masks. And we do it from Mondays to Saturdays for the glory of God. And again, on the Lord's Day, we gather to enjoy the light of Jesus and be encouragement to those whose lights are about the, the, the lights well, which are flickering and brighten the city for the glory of God. Now, do you see uh, worship like this? Do I see a Christian assembly like this? The gathering of lights, and then during Mondays to Saturdays, light others. It is David Jeremiah who said, Evangelism was not a program in the Jerusalem church. It was a way of life. The believers' lives and behaviors created such favor with the population of Jerusalem that people be drawn to the Lord. What do you call someone who lights a lamp and put it under a bowl? He must be or she must be strange. Why do Christians hide the lights? Is it because of fear? Is it because of shame? Are we afraid that people might see the light in us? Are we embarrassed that people will see that that the light of Jesus shines through us? It is crucial to let our light shine, especially when the circle around us are in darkness. And I'm praying that what I'm saying here comes as a reminder to you, not as a guilt trip. Jesus says, Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Luke 9:26. A 700-old hymn. You know, some of my young people do not want to listen to it when, they, when I say a hymn century ago. But somehow I'm going to read it. It says, Jesus, and it shall ever be, a mortal man ashamed of thee, ashamed of thee from angels' praise, whose glory shine through endless days. Never, for Jesus is my friend, on whom my hopes of him depend. He sheds the beams of uh, light divine o'er this benighted soul of mine. Jesus, may this, be, may this my glory be that he is not ashamed of me. The Lamb of God, my Savior slain, has washed me clean from sin's dark stain. Jesus, the name which we adore, oh, make us love thee more and more. Thy 
godness, Jesus, now we sing, true man and God, our loving King. You are the light of the world. We do not hide our light under a bowl. Jesus in verse 15 says, put it on its stand and give light to give light to everyone in the house. And that is the purpose of who we are as lights. We must place our light higher. You know, when I read this, I'm reminded of the seven golden lampstand in Revelation. Seven golden lampstands represent the church in all ages. And John described the golden lampstands and someone, someone like the Son of Man is walking among the golden lampstand. I read, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was afraid. I was dead. And now, look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and hates. My brothers and sisters, the glorified Christ is among the lampstands. He is present among the churches even in the darkest period of times, even in the end times. And he is alive forever. He holds the keys of death and hates. Whatever these last days may hold, let us be reminded he is among us. He is around us. He is with us. He is for us and he is in us. He is present and in control of the situation. That is why John the Beloved who wrote what he saw said, Grace and peace to you in chapter 1. Grace and peace to you from who was and who is and who is to come. And from the seven spirits and from Jesus Christ, the triune God is saying grace and peace to you. He is greeting us. And he is unfolding what is to come. He's unveiling what is to come. Now John Stott, these then are the marks of the ideal church. Love, suffering, holiness, sound doctrine, genuineness, evangelism, and humility. They are what Christ desires to find in his churches as he walks among them. Now, another mention of lampstand is in chapter 2 of Revelation. When Jesus says to the church of Ephesus, Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first, or your first love in other translation. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things that you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. Jesus cares that our light is shining. Jesus cares that his church shines to the community. It is through Jesus that our light shines. You know, when he takes away the lampstand, that means the church is not shining its light. That means the church is losing a testimony. It stops 
to be alive. She loses her saltiness. She stopped seasoning others' lives. And she does not work to preserve the society. Someone who hides the light under a bowl is not living the life of Christ. Now, just like the our lights begin to grow dim, you know, just like my home would be, um, the, the light grows dim when there's dust, accum, it accumulates dust. And our lives grow dim when we forsake our first love. That means, where is the fire that you had when you gave your life to Jesus? Now, Christ's concern, a church that shines, is a church that put Christ first. Christ's concern becomes her concern. She marches forward in obedience to the Great Commission. Obedience to the Great Commission is the only way that the church can shine the brightest. May we always be witnesses of Christ within the circle of our influence. And as a church, may our light shine for Jesus despite the pandemic. And thirdly, and the last, shine for God's glory. We shine for God's glory. Verse 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. As we have said, verse 16 is imperative. It is a command. Let your light shine before others. And if you think about it, lights do not shout. They shine. It is very hard to be a witness for Jesus Christ because we think if we are to be a witness to Jesus Christ, then we shout. Maybe just like a preacher, lights do not shout. It shines. But of course, later you need words to tell the gospel. A light doesn't have to call others' attention and say, Hey, look at me. I am light. And what? What light do, what lights do is shine. And Dwight Moody really put it uh, beautifully. Lighthouses do not fire cannons to call attention to their shining. They just shine. Now what happens when the light shines? Verse 16 continues that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We shine with good works. We shine with our good deeds. Do not undermine good deeds. Good works doesn't, uh, good works uh, don't add a point to bring us eternal life. But remember that good works are evident, are evidence of faith. If you have received salvation in Jesus Christ, inevitably good works are seen in our lives as evidence of faith. Transformation of life or a change of life, you know, are evidence. It is an uh, it evidence, um, you know, good works. 
the light that we shine can be seen by the fruit of the Spirit in us. How do, uh, how bright do I, do I shine for Jesus Christ? In our house, in, I realize, you know, uh, we have to always clean, not always, but we have to clean the bulbs sometimes if it accumulates dust. In the same way, let us always ask the Lord, Lord, cleanse me, mold me, fill me, and use me. I, I got it from a hymn, actually, that we may shine for God's glory. Do not only pray, Lord, forgive me, but we must pray, mold me, and fill me, and use me. Use me for God's glory. A song that does not easily fade in my years. Uh, I, I'm not really that old, but uh, the song is, This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. At home, in, my wor- in the workplace, wherever I am, I'm going to let it shine for Jesus Christ. Because your light leads others to the Savior. Peter tells that Jesus went around doing good. Why did Jesus went around doing good? Because he is light. And we as lights should, you know, if we follow Jesus Christ, we follow his example. When Jesus' light shines through us, it will break the darkness of others, other people's lives. And just like Jesus, his church, that is why the church must go around doing good. We must be involved in this. Let us break the darkness in someone's life today. Amen? Think of the circle, your circle of influence. Think of a friend and be a light that shines for Jesus. When our light shines, it must bring glory to the Father. Our light must bring glory to the source of brightness. It is not, good works are not for our glory. It should go to the source of the light. Our good deeds bring opportunities to bring glory to God. Your good deeds at home, in your office, school, and everywhere, as we said, are a form of worship to the Father. It also brings an opportunity to bring someone to Jesus. John Stott says, If the house is dark at night, there's no sense in blaming the house. That's what happens when the sun goes down. The question to ask is, where is the light? If meat goes bad, there is no sense in blaming the meat. That is what happens when the bacteria are allowed to breed unchecked. The question to ask is, where is the salt? If society becomes corrupt, like a dark night or a stinking fish, there is no sense in blaming society. That's what happens when fallen human society is left to itself and human evil is unrestrained and unchecked. The question is, 
where is the church? Does it, does it seem that all around us is darkness? Why don't, why don't you open? Maybe some of us need to open our life to Jesus Christ and let him in. He is the light and he can break the darkness in your life. Is your light flickering? And what hinders you to be the channel of God's light? Ask him to let his light shine through. Don't hesitate to call your pastor, the pastoral staff, or the elders of the church, as, because as brothers and sisters, they offer spiritual help. In the dark situation that we are in, we will keep the light of Jesus shining in us and through us, that others may glorify the Father. Can we say amen to that? Amen. amen. May God bless us all.